Mac Power Users, episode 667, Revisiting Apple Reminders and Notes. Hello, everyone. This is David Sparks. I am joined, as always, by Stephen Hackett. How are you doing, Stephen? I'm good, David. How are you? I am good. Uh, today, we are going to be covering a topic that has been on our outline for a while. I think we're both kind of looking forward to it. Apple's made a bunch of changes with notes and reminders. Now that all the operating systems are out, it gives us a chance to dive deep on that. That's exactly what we're going to do today. But first, we've got a little housekeeping. Um, we want to thank everyone who ordered the merch. Uh, the merch sale has now officially ended. I got my notice. I've been charged. I can't wait to get my shirts. Um, and uh, and just thank you, everybody, who, who stepped in. I was really happy with the merch we were able to offer this year, and uh, I hope you like yours when it shows up. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to get mine. I got a, a couple t-shirts and I got a sweatshirt for the first time. Yeah, me too. The uh because I do a lot of recording for the Max Sparky Labs, I thought it'd be fun to wear some branded merch when I do those recordings. So I, I got several pieces. There you go. And uh today on More Power Users, Steven built a charging station. Hey, we're gonna talk about that. Um also I just wanted to know uh, uh word went out on Friday at Max Sparky. I've got a, a sale going on, you know, it's that week, you know, where you get all the sale notices while well, I'm doing them this year too. Uh, on the Max Sparky field guides, uh, you can get 20% off any of them. And also for the first time, I'm, I'm doing a weird thing. I'm giving 20% off a membership purchase for the Max Sparky labs just for this week. Um, so I'll put links in the show notes. You can check that stuff out. There's a, a bit of secret time well, it's not really a secret host no we're doing the same thing on relay so uh i'll put something in the show notes for that too it's that time okay. of year you know yeah it is right that time you of know? year i don't always do them like i i take several years off at a time on these sales um but uh this is the year for me i feel like i need to do it and it'd be fun and uh you know so so it's up and uh just look at the links and you'll get the details but let's get into Apple Notes and reminders. And uh, Stephen and I were talking before we started recording, and he was talking about when he made the outline, he added a section called a little history. And man, I think that is an important discussion point here with these two apps in particular. Yeah, they've come such a long way. So I felt like it was important just for a couple of minutes to to talk about where they started. And the Notes app in particular started way back in 2007 or so with the original iPhone. And I dug up John Gruber's iPhone first impressions blog post, which I don't, I don't know about you, but when I read this, I was like, I cannot believe, like, I cannot believe this is how the first iPhone was. I mean, it seems so basic and so simple. And he brings up the notes app and a direct quote is, uh, that he despised it mostly because of the, the font choice they used marker felt, and it didn't sync with anything, right? It was basically just like a kind of a sticky note stack you could keep on your phone. And it was very simple and very straightforward. And around the same time or a little bit after that, uh, Apple was playing with notes on the Mac, but they were within the mail application. So I have a screenshot in the show notes from Mountain Lion that shows like notes and tasks inside of uh, like inside of mail. It's very strange. Yes. Yeah, I remember those days. Very weird. Uh, but with Mountain Lion, it finally did become its own application and it would sync via IMAP. So it was like the notes were like a folder 
And they were kind of like email drafts and they'd sync around with IMAP. It was all very strange and very fragile, very basic. But back in 2015, they got serious about it with iOS 9 and El Capitan. Notes really got the overhaul and turned into what we know today, more or less. Yeah, I mean, I really think that the original intention around notes was to be like almost sticky notes kind of philosophy, just like a thing on your phone that you could write some things down. Like if you wanted to go to the grocery store, you know, very, very basic implementation. And I really think that was just all they wanted to do with it. And uh, they started giving you syncing in the way that Apple gave you the bumper cases, you know, remember Mm -hmm. when, uh, when we had the, uh, what was it, the antenna gate? And he's like, you want a bumper? We'll give you a bumper. Yeah. And I feel like syncing in, in notes was the same. You want syncing? We'll give you syncing. We're just going to attach it to IMAP. So just like your email. I mean, it's just like it was very half-hearted for a long time. And like even that font, I mean, I just can't imagine anybody at Apple with its design experience liking that font. But maybe it was like a, a statement of intention like yeah you're not going to use this to do serious writing oh, it's yeah. just- i don't i don't know man i mean jobs used marker felt and a bunch of other stuff in his slides back in the day so i, yeah. I think maybe he liked it yeah that's true <laughs> but 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 you know the big point of this history lesson i think is that there was a change in philosophy at apple at some point where they said you know what there's all these notes apps out there we're going to compete with those guys. And like Apple Notes went from like a text toy to a, an actual application. 100%. And I think it's interesting that reminders started in a very different place. I mean, like if you go way back, I didn't even include this, but if you go way, way back, like Panther, Tiger somewhere, you could have tasks like in the sidebar of iCal. Do you remember that? You'd have like a the right-hand yeah. side, you could have some tasks in there. Well, you, you still can put task support into calendar apps. I mean, fantastic. I'll do doesn't yeah. now, but oh, yeah, but it, yeah, it was, it was, uh, there was, um, there was a dark time, you know, Star Wars fans call the, uh, time the empire was in charge, the dark days, there were dark days on the Mac with task management. Um, and it was right in around that tiger era and the years before where Apple didn't have a solution and there weren't very many third party solutions either. I mean, I remember, like it was big news when somebody made a task manager app and it was, there were very few of them. And then suddenly, you know, the deluge began and now there's a, a lot of options, but, but Apple really didn't take advantage of those times of, of making a competitive task manager app. But reminders again, started, I believe kind of as just like, Oh, well, you want something to write down, you know, your, um, your, uh, your ingredients for your gumbo. Here's a place to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it got its own Mac app with Mountain Lion. Like, go look at the screenshot. It's like dark leather or something. It was a very different time in UI yeah. design. Yeah. But Reminders kind of got the the big overhaul a couple of years ago with iOS 13. And yeah. it went from this kind of goofy design. That I mean, do you remember? It kind of looked like a Rolodex. Like, you would have your list in like a vertical view and you could tap into them and it was, again, very basic, very straightforward. But starting with iOS yeah. 13, they really became more powerful. 
Yeah, I mean, at the time, I think we called it getting the Apple Notes treatment, right? Yeah. That, uh, just like Apple Notes went from a toy to a practical working application, uh, Reminders did too. And uh, they are both now so much more than what they used to be. And I think that's the main reason we're making today's show, because I think a lot of people probably ju- judged Apple Notes in the Markerfeld days or Reminders and that, those early listed days. And that's no longer the case. These apps are for real and they are, uh, they're powerful and have a lot of features that for people may just be enough for them to get this stuff done without having to go to a third party application. Yeah. Apple has slowly been raising that, that bar, I think where, okay. In the beginning, 2007, okay. The notes app is really simple. It's the only thing on the phone, but there was an explosion of notes apps in the early app store because Apple Notes was so simple, and over time, as Apple's apps have gotten better, more powerful, more flexible, the reasons you would go to a third-party app, I think that list is getting shorter and shorter. And there's still a lot of people who need third-party apps, right? And and really, we, we've talked about this a lot. We're in a renaissance of note-taking apps right now. Yeah. But for most users... Look, as much as I would like to think, most iPhone users don't listen to MPU. <laughs> the vast majority do not. For Although a bunch of people, should. they should. Yeah. Go tell your yeah. friends. But for a lot of people, more and more people every year, uh, these are enough for them. Yeah. I mean, the way I like to think about it is like on a spectrum, let's say of one to 10, you know, where, you know, one is the most basic app and 10 is the most advanced application with the most features. And, Notes and reminders really started in the one to two range. I mean, it really, they really were that basic. And maybe it was a Steve Jobs thing where he said, like, people don't want to learn, you know, they don't have to learn how to make their list. They know how to make a list. You know, that's kind of his simplicity uh, that he, you know, that permeated the company during his lifetime. But at some point they said, you know, they do, people do want more features. People are getting more advanced with these things. And as people kind of grow up using this technology, they want more out of it. And I feel like these apps are much more in the five to seven range now, uh, which is, you know, intermediate and in some cases beyond. And uh, the, the, that does a couple things. Number one is I think it makes the advanced apps um, stand out more because they do things that, that these apps don't do. But it makes the other intermediate apps have to really fight for this business because if you get something that's built into the operating system and has all the advantages and and the benefits of that, like Siri voice control and the stuff that that you know these Apple apps do better than anything else, plus an intermediate set of features, suddenly uh, the market is getting gobbled up by the native apps, and that's kind of where we stand now. So let's talk about our history with these apps, Stephen. What is your relationship with Notes and Reminders? historically and as we stand here today yeah so before ios 9 i jumped around to a bunch of notes apps i use simple note evernote a bunch of those like markdown text editors that were around for a long time but really with ios 9 and lcap when notes got good in 2015 uh, i moved everything into notes and since then i've i've played with other things listeners remember that for a while i was using craft for work notes and notes for personal stuff and Kind of gave up on that because I had a lot of stuff. Like, I didn't know where it should go. So everything's just back in Apple Notes now. Uh, I currently have almost 400 notes uh, across uh, 20 different notebooks in Notes. So I'm using it pretty heavily. 
and it is my it's my go to for simple checklists for uh, you know writing simple things, uh, having research that I'm working on. Uh, I've got notes for tracking various. I mean, basically anything you can think of. I have in Apple Notes now, and I've been I've been really happy with it. Well, what about you? Where do you land with notes? Uh, you know, I've been there from the beginning. I mean, I'm always interested in the Apple apps. I want to see what they're doing, but it never stuck with me, of course, like in the marker felt days. Yeah. Uh, but early on, I was recommending it to my wife and friends that were getting iPhones that weren't like Mac power users, kind of demographic people. It's a very basic app. And then it started to get more powerful. And I keep looking at it. I, I really feel like of all the Apple native apps, Notes is the one that has the biggest place in my life. Um, when it comes to Notes apps, currently, I am breaking all the rules. Like, I have multiple buckets. I put, like, I have people that work with me to make the Max Sparky content for, you know, the various things I do. We use Craft for that because I can just share the entire database with the people on the team. They can access anything it has great linking and it has great um, URL linking. So I can like send, uh, you know, I can Slack JF and say, could you check this paragraph? And I can give them a link in craft and it goes directly to that paragraph, you know, and you just can't do that with, with something like Apple notes. Um, but at the same time, I've always had this affinity towards obsidian and it's really grown into my kind of external brain kind of, notes database but it's the stuff the heavy stuff i'm thinking about like the thought generation and connections and like the stuff that obsidian is so good at and i found that um, when i was doing searches in obsidian about you know kind of deep thoughts things i didn't really want the um you know the the notes showing up for the last time i took it the dog in for her shots right you know so the veterinarian notes uh, stuff like that, I, I was putting everything in Obsidian and I felt like it was kind of garbaging up the database and don't write me. I know you can sit, do separate vaults and all that, but I just decided at one point to put like just kind of the personal uh, life note stuff like tools I want to buy, uh, Christmas gifts I'm going to give, the dogs, veterinarian records, the, you know, the mileage on the cars, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I just put into Apple notes and that migration started, I don't know, about six months ago. Now there's 115 notes in Apple notes that are just kind of the personal stuff. So I have things in three databases now. I, I know this is making people cringe, but it's very easy for me to understand if it's teamwork stuff, it goes in craft. If it's personal, you know, non like heavy thinking stuff, it goes notes and everything else goes in obsidian. And, that works for me. And I kind of like having them segregated because then I don't have one kind of thing junking up another kind of thing. Um, as we've been prepping for the show, I've also been using notes uh, for collaboration uh, on a couple projects I'm working on with people. And I'll talk about that more later in the show, but yeah, I've been trying the collaboration. I'm, I'm always spending time in these applications. Uh, so notes is in my, it's a daily driver for me now for personal stuff. And I'm very happy with it. For me, reminders was an app that I, I basically would check in once a year. And then starting with iOS 13, I would check in a couple of times a year as it got much better over time. And really starting this summer after WWDC, after I had the betas on a bunch of stuff, I spent an afternoon moving my stuff uh, into reminders. And uh, I wrote this post at the time that 
uh, went pretty wide and actually got something uh, <laughs> fixed in reminders where I could change the way the badge worked the way that I wanted to. So thank you, Apple yeah. Reminders team, for listening to my feedback. And I've been actually in reminders uh, ever since. Uh, I'd I'd used Todoist for the probably the better part of like seven or eight years. But I really have found, like we talked about a second ago, the bar has risen enough with reminders that it uh, it works for me. And some of its yeah. features, nothing else matches. We'll talk about this in a little while, but some of the ways you can be reminded of a task because Reminders is basically built into the OS, nothing else does. And so it's my daily driver now. So I'm fully in with Apple Reminders and Notes. Yeah, people in the Max Markey Labs are going to know about this because I shared a bunch of videos at the time. But I spent two months ago, I spent like a month really trying to get reminders. And this is the new, you know, Ventura iteration while it was still in beta, I believe, but very recently trying to get it to replace OmniFocus for me. OmniFocus has been my task manager for like 10 years. And I thought, well, maybe I could, you know, use reminders. It's simpler. I think it's prettier. Um, I like the way it displays lists and um, it does have some of those built-in features uh, with Siri and the way it it pops up reminders in, in unusual places that no, no other app can do. So I, I really like those features. I thought, well, maybe I could pull this off. I spent um, the better part of a month trying to make it work, and in the end, um, it didn't it didn't stick for me. We'll talk about that because honestly, you know, this is a five to a seven app, and I need a ten app, and I've got used to the features of a ten app. You know, maybe OmniFocus is an 11, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, because just there's just so much I can do with it that I can't do with reminders. But it is a very good app. And like just using it, there were parts of it that I really wanted to stick with it. But ultimately, it didn't work for me. But I am I'm deep in reminders because I've spent so much time working in it recently. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by 1Password. Go to onepassword.com slash MPU in all caps to get 20% off. Steven and I are both big fans of 1Password because it protects us on the internet, and that is increasingly difficult to do. If you read the news, you'll see that a lot of the recent data breaches aren't because of some guy digging through the code and finding a vulnerability, but because of social engineering. Increasingly, hackers are exploiting human psychology rather than technical vulnerabilities. There's a couple ways they do this. One is through phishing, where they pretend to be someone and they're not, like your bank. They send you a very convincing email that says you need to reset your password or type your password in so they can fix something with your account. If you do your two-factor authentication via SMS, that's another way they get you. They just duplicate your SIM and they get the two-factor authentication sent to them. And they also do it with what they call bombardment, where they send you a ton of two-factor authentication notifications until finally you just give in. Or they even call you and pretend that they're with the bank or with your employer or somebody, and they get you to cough up the goods. But 1Password is there to help you and protect you from these types of attacks. First of all, you can do two-factor authentication right in 1Password, where they manage the two-factor authentication code for you. It's not related to your SMS, and a SIM swap won't help the bad guys. Another great feature with 1Password is it only offers up the password for the website that it recognizes. So if they send you a fake website that isn't the one that you created the password on, it's not going to offer the password. They also keep tracks of websites that you use that have been hacked. The feature is called Watchtower, and it's awesome. 
check Watchtower and your 1Password, and it'll give you a list of any websites that have been recently compromised. It really is remarkable how much damage can be done to you by a hacker if they have your passwords and get into your accounts. And that's why 1Password is such a great investment. They really look out for you. And uh, I use the family plan because I think it's great having my kids and my wife on it as well. And it really has improved our security and safety on the internet. Now, we're at the holidays. It's a great time to set this up for your family. You guys are all going to be in the same room, hopefully, at some point. So you can set up a 1Password for Families account and get everybody hooked up. Go to onepasswordcom MPU. Do that in all caps. You'll get 20% off. Protect yourself and your family. Once again, that is onepasswordcom MPU. Check it out today and start securing yourself. So I want to start with Apple Notes. Um, and I want to talk some about the, the basic organizational structure of the application. Uh, this is, I think, maybe one of the best examples of Apple adding things to notes over time. So initially, it was just one long list, and then you had notebooks, and now we have notebooks and tags and smart st- smart notebooks, like all sorts of things here. But the the basic sort of gist of the organization is you have notes and you have folders, and you can a note can only live in one folder at a time. But you can organize things in sort of a very simple structure. And I think for most people, that's probably enough. Yeah. And the folders nest, you know, that's so important because if you want to like build one of these over time, you can, you know, make nested folders to, you know, keep some sort of organization. Like when Steven's got 400 notes, you can't just have a list of 400 notes. Mm-hmm. You got to have some way to get to the ones you want. And I think that was just a huge benefit. They can be sorted by title, creation date, edit date. I mean, it's not, I mean, there are notes apps out there that give you more power on that. You know, I mean, in Obsidian, you can write your own code to change the sort date by anything you want. Uh, So you're limited here, but the options they have are the ones that you generally want. Like this, the kinds of data I'm putting in Apple Notes, I've never felt like I needed more. Um, and they also have added the feature where you can pin a note. So like if something is really important to you, you can put it there. Uh, as an example, when we were doing the uh, indoor studios build, uh, I had that pinned for like six months and I would put punch lists in there for the contractor. I would put links in there. People, you know, were asking me, well, where'd you find that wood in the back? I, well, I went and did searches on the internet and I had like six or seven different vendors. They were all in Apple notes and I would go in there and look at them and then share the note and do all sorts of stuff. And you just pin it. So it's always at the top while it's active. Once we finished the build, I unpinned it. Now it's disappeared into a folder somewhere. Yeah. I'm, I'm also a big pinned note user and uh, it's, it's especially helpful. I think in those sort of momentary like short-lived times. So like I have a notebook or a a folder of event and travel. And back when I was traveling a lot, I would pin whatever current trip I was on, right? (laughs) Because I'd maybe have stuff for like the next month or the next week or something. And I just wanted to quickly get to what I needed. And what's neat about the, uh, the pin tabs now or the pin notes now is that if you're in a folder that you share notes with somebody, which we'll get to in a little while, it's pinned, uh, I believe, for everybody. So, like, my wife and I have a shared folder, and we have a couple of really important things. It's just a nice way to highlight something uh, that 
you know, maybe before when they were all alphabetical, you'd have to do something like put a number or put like, you know, the dreaded AAA at the top. So it was always at yeah. the top of your yeah. list. Now you don't yeah. have to do those sort of hacky things. Yeah. I mean, it really is. It's, it's really nice. And the the feature, the killer feature in notes, I feel like, is the way it can receive anything as an attachment. And this is one of those Apple advantages, I think, you know, the way uh, with Apple notes, you can drag in a website, you can put an audio file, uh, you can take it like one of my favorite features is you can take a email, like, let's say you've got a note about something you're worth, let's say you're gardening, and you've got a note about you got to get a note from somebody that's going to help you garden or some service that you like, you just drag the email into the note. And then later you can click that link and it'll it'll jump you right back to that email. So you don't have to like deal with going through the inbox or trying to search that email again. It's a great feature. And it's something that Apple does particularly well between its applications. You can bring in all sorts of things for attachments. I mean, there's some obvious stuff, right? Like, oh, I need a screenshot of my movie tickets or I need a PDF of this receipt or whatever. But Something that that I use a fair amount is on the iPhone and the iPad, the ability to scan right within a note. So say I just did this the other day, actually. So our daughter went to the eye doctor. Her prescription changed a little bit. And we have in our shared folder a note for Allison's, uh, you know, vision prescription. And I deleted the attachment that was in there. I had her new, you know, they hand us a written prescription at the eye doctor took up my yeah. phone, had it on the counter, took a picture of it, and now it's just within notes. I didn't have to find another scanning app or use the camera and then crop it. It's all built in as one workflow to bring things into notes. And it took me three seconds. It was fantastic. Yeah, it, it really is nice. And even just like the incorporation of pictures is something you just constantly find use for. I mean, there's a reason why Apple built in a custom script to import an Evernote database. Because in a lot of ways... This is very much a competitor with mm-hmm. Evernote. I mean, um, because it's not just notes. Uh, it is any kind of media that you can drop in there, which gives it uh, certain advantages. Like uh, you can use external media in Obsidian, but I don't think it's as easy as it is with Apple Notes. And like if you're going to do media uh, pictures and media heavy uh, note taking, you know, in a lot of ways, Apple Notes is better. And And I think that's kind of what they're aiming for. I think that really shows in some of the views that are in Apple Notes. So you can view, uh, basically buy all of your your media. And you can even go through there and sort what types of media you want to see. And I think for a lot of people, it's it's more in line with what they want than something like Obsidian or some some other text-only, markdown-only system. Like, part of me really wishes this was just a folder of markdown, right? Like part of me really wishes yeah. that because notes stores things in like a container and a database, like buried in your user library folder. And it syncs with iCloud. And yeah. That's all yeah. been great. I have, have had no problems with it for years and years now, but like the nerd in me thinks, Oh gosh, I wish this was just like text files and Dropbox. But the benefit yeah. I get of having all these types of media in with my notes is well worth it. Yes, you can do that in other systems, like you said, but Notes makes it so easy. You just drag it in from Finder or you copy and paste it in or you take a scan or whatever it may be. Uh, For me, the types of notes that I keep around, that's 
that's an important thing. Absolutely. And uh, there are definite advantages to one or the other. Um, uh, but, you know, Apple Notes is in the discussion. You know, the other thing that you can do with Apple Notes is, uh, you know, it, it supports the Apple Pencil. But you know, we'll get it. I've got a whole section on it later. But I mean, it just kind of takes anything you show it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really, really pretty neat. There is a uh, a couple other like structural things I want to I want to talk about real quick. One is the recently deleted folder. This is like trash in Finder, but just for notes. Uh, I am I've said this before. So confused about the wording on how Apple describes how this works. And so this is a quote from Apple's own user interface. Notes are available here, being recently deleted, for thirty days. After that time, notes will be permanently deleted. This may take up to 40 days. And so there's a 10-day squishiness in there somewhere. I'm not really yeah. sure. But if you accidentally delete a note uh, and you catch it within the first month, it will be in that recently deleted folder. And, and that syncs everywhere. You can go to iCloud and get it. Um, and that's handy because uh, we've all done it, especially on the iPhone, like you're just kind of swiping around. It's easy to do. And so they're not gone forever. They are stored there for 30 days. Yeah, I really think this is just kind of a um, a result of them making this as a consumer-grade notes app. Mm-hmm. You know, they do the same thing in photos. Like, when you delete it, it's not actually deleted, you know? And, like, you've got to actually address a separate trash can in photos. I feel like this is in that same category where they're trying to protect you against accidental deletion. Yeah. And they're not aiming at Mac Power Users listeners here. They're aiming at people who have never thought much at all about how this stuff works Mm -hmm. and, you know, casually delete stuff and then realize a few days later they still need it. Right. But even as a power user, it saved my bacon. So it's a a good thing. Yeah, I agree. The the other thing uh, that I think is important to kind of talk about is the ability to lock a note. So you may have a note, for instance, with a list of medication or contact information and Yes, your phone is protected by face ID or touch ID or your PIN code. But if someone has your phone unlocked, you may not want them seeing everything in the Notes app. And uh, this actually got updated with iOS 16 and Ventura. Used to be you just set a password, but now you can actually use touch or face ID to unlock uh, an individual note. So out of my 400, I probably have 10 or 12 that I keep locked because what's in there is sensitive and if someone has my phone even just handed my phone you know i don't want digging around in notes and seeing those things and uh that's pretty sweet i i would however like to be able to lock an entire folder uh i could see that being uh a little bit simpler like maybe i would have a folder you know named vault or something and like anything in there i know is you know that folder gets locked all together but uh, aside from that this is a really great feature and you know, something depending on what you're storing in here could be vitally important to how you use it. Yeah, totally. And you know, these are not beginner features, you know, I mean, we've got more power features we're going to talk about in a minute, but you know, this is an example or or proof of the way this app has evolved. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about uh, data portability. I mean, we've talked about Evernote, how great it is importing Evernote and, but at the same time has this proprietary database getting notes out or getting information out of Apple notes. Um, this one is kind of a mixed bag for me. You know, this isn't as good as it could be. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, on the import side, it can import a bunch of different text files, 
can import HTML. It can import those Evernote export files, which I just, I just love, I would love to know what the meeting was like at Apple of like, Hey, we need to build an Evernote importer. Like someone was passionate about that and got it done. Um, Yeah. But as far as exporting, uh, you you are a little more limited. You can export notes to a PDF and everything kind of shows up as you would expect. Uh, But really you're turning to a third party solution to export all your stuff from notes. And we talked about a couple of these apps probably a couple of years ago on the show. Uh, yeah. the, the best one is called Exporter. I'll have a link in the show notes. And you basically get a folder out in Finder with all your notes arranged in their own like subfolders, and you have all your attachments there as well. There are some others that I, I don't think do as complete of a job as Exporter does. So that's the one that I uh, that I like. I, I would want to color this conversation a little bit with the thought or kind of the something I've just kind of come to terms with over the years is something, yeah, something like Evernote, right. They use their uh, kind of weirdo Evernote HTML format. And I haven't played with Evernote in years, so maybe it's better now, but for a long time, that was a complaint about Evernote. It's like, well, I can export it, but it's just HTML or these weird ENEX files. What do I do with these? And yeah, you can say the same thing about notes but notes being built by the platform owner gives me greater faith that notes is around for the long haul than something like Evernote or any other third party thing right now con is apple may not move as fast as you want to or you may have a a pet feature like i did in reminders with the badge that kept me from using it for 2 years but i i've kind of just decided over the years between notes and reminders and photos, like kind of just giving up some of that, some of those portability concerns if my stuff is in an Apple application. I don't know if that's smart or not or if other people think that way, but I, I just, I realized in, in prepping for this show that I've kind of just given over control of that if I'm using an Apple app and I'm mostly okay with it. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, the cost, I'm not worried about the data uh, being abandoned, like I'll lose access to it somehow because Apple, you know, wraps up notes. But what I am, my concern is if I ever want to move out and there's something new that I'd rather use, like, let's say, Oh, I want to do, do want to put these little personal notes into craft as well. Well, then it's going to be a big pain in the neck. It won't be that hard for the text uh, with the tools we've been talking about. You can get the text out fairly easily. Um, you could even probably uh, write a shortcut to get the text out, but uh, it's the unique links, the uh, the photos, the media that you're putting in. That stuff doesn't come out easily, and uh, it is kind of a one way trip in. Uh, I say kind of because you can get it out, but it's not going to be a really easy automatic process. So you know, be warned. Uh, but you know, there, there's a lot of reasons still to move in, like the. Uh, the way you handle text um, in Apple Notes is really nice. Uh, you can, you know, you can write. It's not Markdown, you know, which I really love. But, uh, but this is very visual. You know, it is a WYSIWYG kind of look where uh, they've got uh, designated uh, text formats: title, heading, subheading, body. Um, they've got bulleted lists and numbered lists and checklists. And so they've got most of the, you know, formats you would want covered. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I would, I would add to that, that the keyboard shortcuts, 
make it really easy to to set those things when you're on the iPad or the Mac. Yep. So you know you can make very quickly pretty looking, um, well formatted text in it, and that's kind of an advantage. And and you're not everybody in the world knows about Markdown. So you know mm-hmm. for a lot of people this is an improvement. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And it not only is it easy to use, but it looks nice. So if you do make a PDF or you copy and paste it into mail or something, the formatting sticks around because it's this rich text. Um, they also do some clever things like the indenting and I think they call it outdenting or it used to be like left indent, right indent. Apple's names for this have changed over the years, but yeah, it's all really easy to do. It looks pretty good. One of my favorite sort of text features and notes though is you can have a checklist and you can set an option to when you check something off the list. So say that for me, I've got some packing lists and notes that I'm going to eventually move into reminders as templates, which we'll talk about later. But I can, you know, check off uh, microphones and then it goes to the bottom of the list and then I can yeah. check. And if I uncheck it, it goes back up. Like they've added some nicety to some of these things where really, as far as text goes, you can basically do anything you want. I mean, they've even added tables uh, the last couple of years. They're very basic. There's no arithmetic or logic in these tables. You can't, you know, do addition or subtraction or anything. It's just, yeah. It's. I mean, it, it's really just a way to have some columns and rows. But that was kind of the last big thing for me in terms of what I wanted from text within notes. Now I want those tables to be smarter because <laughs> uh, I'd like to do simple math in, in some of my notes. But uh, yeah, they've really, over the years, have made it very well-rounded in there. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's not... Um... You know, it's not going to replace Airtable or, you know, any of these cool like online table applications mm-hmm. or even numbers. Right. But it, it is there at a basic level. And, you know, the question is, how far do you need to go with this stuff? And I think quite often as power users, we make the mistake of saying, well, I really, really need these extra features. But then you need to step back and look, well, how often do I use those features? And what if I had a better interface? prettier looking, easier to use application, but I had to chop off that top 5% that I use once a year. Well, maybe that's actually a better experience for you. And so you've got to think about it that way. But yeah, it's it's really nice. Um, One of my favorite features, and this is uh, something that's very interesting to me, is the idea of quick capture. You know, um, one of the things you want with a notes app is the ability to capture something. And, you know, the origin for this is, the little notebook you carry in your pocket. Like I know, Stephen, I think you still carry a little notebook in your pocket. I do. A lot of people have done it over the years. Um, uh, when I was practicing law at the beginning of my career, everybody had a yellow pad in their hand all the time. And somebody, you know, you'd hear a new fact or something, you'd immediately write it down. And there is something to that analog process of pen in hand, paper in hand, write it down that feels very fluid. And then you switch over to computers and it's like, you hear something new you want to write down. Well, I've got to find the app, got to open the app. I've got to, a lot of times, create a new file in the app. You know, you can't just write down when you open the app. Drafts is the exception for that. You mm-hmm. can go straight into drafts. But Apple tries to solve that problem with what they call Quick Note. And this has been kind of evolving over the last few years. Um, but, you know, can you capture something very quickly on your digital devices? Well, if you're using Apple Notes, a Quick Note can do that. And uh, they've got various ways, like you swipe up from the corner with your Apple Pencil and you get a quick note, which is to me the closest approximation of that, you know, that paper 
um, experience. But you can also want, you can add a, enter the uh, control center on your iPad or iPhone. You can add a button that creates a new note. So swipe down, press one button, and then you've got an empty page you can write on, which is pretty fast. And on the Mac, they've got a keyboard shortcut, the function, you know, the little globe key plus a Q. And anywhere on your device, you can hit those shortcuts and it opens up a new note that you can start writing in. I don't know if it's as fast as the the, the notebook and pen in your pocket. I, I think by Steven's experience, it's probably not. You're still carrying it, but it's close. And if you want to be able to do that on a digital device, Apple Notes is one of the best solutions for this because it's built by Apple, right? And they, they get that little advantage of being integrated into the operating system. Yeah, and this year it's everywhere. That started, I think, as an iPad OS feature and then made it yeah. made it elsewhere. Uh, another quick way to start a note is if you have an Apple Pencil set up with an iPad, you can set it where if you tap the lock screen of the iPad with the pencil, it goes to a new note. So like you can yeah. turn your iPad into a notebook very uh, quickly with that setting. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a huge thing. Um, I think on the Mac, I would still like a way beyond Quick Note to to start something quickly. You know, whether it be a a universal short, shortcut to start a new note or maybe something in the menu bar. Because sometimes, you know, for instance, like you're on the phone and someone starts saying a phone number, right? Like, oh, I got to write it down somewhere. You know where I normally do that on my computer? Alfred. Because it's the fastest text field I can yeah. get up on my screen. And then I have a yeah. phone number as a search and Alfred. That's a bad system. Um, so I, I would like Apple continue to continue to explore the quick capture area. This episode is made possible by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with Squarespace by building a beautiful website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything, products, services, and even content. Squarespace simply has you covered. With Squarespace, you can sell your products in the online store, physical and digital goods. Squarespace has all the tools you need to start selling online. And you can encourage your visitors to sign up as email subscribers, starting them on the journey to becoming loyal customers. You start with an email template, customizing it with your brand ingredients like colors and logos. Plus, built-in analytics measure the impact of every send. And those SEO tools also extend to the website itself. You can use a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. I love building on Squarespace. The holiday sale we're doing with the Relay membership, uh, I built it on Squarespace. It was really easy to make a grid of our images. I have links to them all. It all looks really good. I'm really happy with it. And it didn't take me a week to build. It was just a few hours one afternoon. So head on over to squarespace.com MPU for a free trial. There's no credit card required. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code MPU to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain name. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash MPU. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code MPU to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for sponsoring Mac Power users and supporting all of Relay FM. All right, let's switch over to reminders and talk about some of the basic features of reminders that we're excited about. Uh, you want to go first? Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, I want to start with some of the the organization because reminders gives you a lot of ways to organize your your tasks. You can 
have one long list. You can have as many lists as you want. Most types of lists can be in folders. So you could have like a home folder and a work folder and a kids folder and have different lists within there. Uh, the caveat there is that shared lists don't like going into folders. I don't know why. Open to feedback about that over the summer and never heard back. But hopefully at some point you can do that. And tasks within lists can be sorted basically any way you want. I have them by due date, but you can have them by creation date, uh, alphabetical date. You can have them by priority. And each list can be personalized with a color or icon. So we spoke about this on our time tracking episode where you and I both use certain colors for certain types of work. And so anything podcast related in my system is green. So in timery, it's green. In reminders, my all my podcast lists are green. And it helps me sort of visually remember what I, you know, what I'm looking at, what I'm supposed to be doing. And so you can set those different colors there. Uh, my issue with this is that it's twofold. One, you can also use emoji, but then it really like dims out the color where it's kind of hard to see. Um, but also like Apple has a bajillion SF symbols and there's like 30 and reminders. Like, why can't I use any SF? This is totally off topic for today, but like anywhere I could put a, a, a label on something, I should have the full SF symbols dictionary and I should be able to use anything I want. Uh, but I can't. And that makes me sad yeah. because there's some really awesome SF symbols out there that I'd like to use on my reminders list. I uh, I couldn't agree more. When I saw this in the outline, uh, I just wanted to write amen like a hundred times. <laughs> and for people who, I think SF symbols is almost an insider thing. So just to, to step back on that real quick. So several years ago, Apple started making their own kind of glyph set. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you want a a glyph of a book or a computer or a phone or a little guy running. Um, they started building their own and they called them SF symbols and you can download them. Uh, I don't believe you even have to be in the developer program. I think this is open for anybody, but it's not built into the operating system. So you have to go to Apple and download them. I, I will confirm that and put a link in the show notes um, or you can get them, but it's this great list of symbols, which were really made, I think for people in building apps you know, but you you know, here's the secret, right? You don't have to build apps to want to use these things, and they they paste into your documents and keynotes and whatnot as text. So you just set the text size, the color, and you paste one of these in, and you're good to go. But so, but Apple has this rich library of them, and I have this exact same problem when I was using reminders. It's like, man, there's I know of a symbol that is in SF symbols that would be perfect for this reminders mm-hmm. list but they just didn't give it to me. And it's just like, come on, man. You know, and uh, I wish they'd be more, uh, more liberal with that list. I wonder what the story is there. I mean, do they have to go to a committee or somebody to get approval for which symbols are, can be used in which apps? I, I don't know, yeah, but I don't know. It, it's, it's there. It's in your library. It's just, just give it to us. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Uh, lists can be pinned. So there's sort of a, a top section and a bottom section of the lists, uh, sidebar on the left-hand side of reminders. And that really represents to me kind of like the shared feature list that we used to see with the iWork apps where yeah. you get some feature and it goes across. Well, you're getting that with, with this stuff like too, you have pin notes, pin reminders, all the apps that are getting this special treatment from Apple are getting this kind of common language uh, features and pinning is, is one that shows up. You can also have subtasks, and the way that it works is you have your parent task and you have your child tasks. And if you check off the parent, all the children tasks get 
get marked off. Um, I find that handy for bigger projects that aren't, they don't graduate to their own list. Very rarely do I create a list for a project, but I will use subtasks for different things. And, uh, and that's, it's really easy to do. You can just drag them over and they kind of get indented very easily visually to kind of see what's going on. Yeah. I I feel like this is just a a great feature and this is what gets, this is where you get into intermediate task management space where you can have subtasks and, um, and things like that. I mean, that gives you a lot more power in the system. Mm-hmm. Um, we mentioned it earlier, but, you know, there are alerts related to your reminders. Uh, you know, all reminders apps have alerts, but none of them have alerts that are big, baked into the operating system like the Apple, you know, taskless system and reminders. Um, it's really powerful. You can say, you know, give me an alert at, you know, the due date, which is a date and time, and it shows up. Or you can say when I'm in a specific location. But the one that really blows my mind is, like, if I relate it to a person and then I'm sending a message to that person, it'll remind me that I have reminders related yes. to that person. I mean, it's crazy. That is a fantastic feature. And it's it's really great if it's somebody you don't, necessarily talk to all the time but yeah it's it's great it's one of my favorite alert types and that's the thing that like no other reminders app can do because this thing is built into the os yeah and and the siri integration in general is just better you know remind me when i get home of this or that i mean so much so that even if you're using a big boy you know level 10 task manager you may want to keep reminders for some bit of your your system because of the Siri integration. Yeah. You're not having to remember how to pronounce to do us the way that Siri wants to hear it <laughs> for, yeah, for this to exactly. work. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that must've been so liberating for you kind of going to the system reminders list. I, I bet a lot of the friction points just kind of vaporized for you when you did that. Definitely. The data associated with tasks. And this is something that's been kind of a growing and uh, improving feature over time. Uh, historically, there wasn't much. You had a, ta- a task and you had a due date, you know? <laughs> and then like all of a sudden now we've got this, this laundry list. Uh, tags are probably the most important. We'll talk about that more later, but you can have a series of tags related to any task, which gives you an, a way to sort them differently. You know, multi, multi-dimension organization, mm-hmm. which is really, that's a power feature. That is not a basic a task manager feature. You can have associated notes. Um, uh, URLs are interesting. You can put a URL into a task. So you can click into like an email. I was talking earlier about that great thing of linking an email or a web page or whatever. So you can get back to it when you deal with the task. Um, but the URL support in reminders overall is limited. I'm, I'm going to talk about that later. Um, but you know, a lot of the meta or sorry, I'm sorry. A lot of the media stuff we talked about earlier, like images you can do, uh, they have flags and priorities. So it, it really is not, um, a basic reminders uh, or task management app. I mean, there's a lot of metadata attached to each one of these that you create. Yeah. And some of those tools overlap a little bit. Like you can put yeah. a URL in the notes field and it just has the, you know, the string of text there, yeah. but I've got some tasks that have both. And the, if yeah. you put it in the URL field, you also get in the in the the list, you get a little kind of pill-shaped thing and it shows the the URL. Then you can click on it and go right there. Uh, 
And same thing, I think, with flag and priority. I think some people would use those kind of interchangeably. Um, for me, in reminders, flags are basically like that is like code red, turn both keys at once. Uh, out of yeah. my like probably hundreds of things in reminders, I have four things that are flagged. And when yeah. those things come up, they have to be done. And it's super important they don't get missed. Um, I yeah. don't, I'm not really a priority user, but some people will mix and match these in different ways. Yeah, agreed. I mean, you know, just talking through this, I, I, you know, people might think it was a stunt when I said I was looking to replace OmniFocus reminders. No, I was seriously looking at it. I mean, this was, I'm jealous that you can use reminders in some respects because it's just such a simple, easy to use app with a significant amount of power. It's, it's really nice. Mm-hmm. The repeating task stuff is good too. Like you can yes. set repeats um, on a bunch of different criteria, and it's got like like a, a more powerful task app. It has them not just daily or week it weekdays, but you can say do it on weekends or weekly or biweekly, um, or even a custom set if you want. And all of this is you know stuff you see in more powerful task managers. Although it's all indexed on on uh, due dates. Uh, I'm going to talk later about, you know, the, the problem with defer dates and, and uh, the reminders app. But if you're okay using it on a due date schedule, it's all there. Mm-hmm. You know? They've also got some some neat things deep in the repeating tasks UI for like set this to be due the last day, uh, the last weekday of every month. And so yeah. for me with just the way Relay's books work, I have something to do the last weekday of every month. And it's very easy to set that. I used to set it kind of like, oh, I'll set it like the 28th and it'll just stay overdue if the last you know, weekday is the 31st or something. And yeah. so they've really, if you, if you dig down deep enough, and that is one complaint I have about the reminders UI is that it's a lot of clicking. Like you go down and down and down and down and down and find what you need, then you back and back and back and back out. But it is all there. And I've said this before on the show, a ton, most of my tasks, the vast majority of my tasks are repeating because this, the nature of my work is cyclical. I have two shows that come out every week. I've got a show that comes out every other week. I have a company that pays people every two weeks. You know, I've got a company that pays taxes every quarter, right? I have these cycles in my work that uh, repeating tasks are really important and Reminders has all the features I need to make that really hum for me. Yeah, agreed. Um, what's the story on data portability and reminders? It's an interesting one. So there's actually kind of a cool thing. There's reminders itself does not have any import functionality like we talked about on notes. But say that you have a a bulleted list of text. You can copy that bulleted list and paste it into reminders and it makes a list for every bullet point. Not really yeah. import, but kind of a cool way to get a bunch of stuff in if someone emails you action steps or something for a project. But if you are looking to move into reminders from something else, you're probably just going to be doing it manually, which stinks and takes some time. But the, the, I think the reason for that is notes is a much more simple problem set, right? You've got text and attachments, and that's basically it. Or with reminders, you have all this metadata we've been talking about. So you have to, you know, there's not like a common way to tell one task manager 
to another, oh, this one repeats every third Monday, <laughs> right? Yeah. Now, on the flip side, on exporting, say you're leaving reminders and going somewhere else, things and uh, Todoist and OmniFocus, they all have different ways to get reminders data into them. Some of it's with a scripting, some of it like things just has a UI for it. Um, and you can, you can move from reminders uh, over to it. Um, and a lot of third-party apps will use the inbox and in re- I think OmniFocus does this, uh, uses the inbox and reminders as a way to use Siri more easily. So you could tell Siri, remind me of this. It's in the inbox and reminders, but then OmniFocus or some other apps may look at that and go grab it and bring it in. So there are some, there are some holes in the wall to get data through, but all in all, the data portability is not as good as a notes app. And I think that's again, true for this, these whole categories of things. Yeah. And you know, that actually doesn't bother me that much. I've always felt like if you're moving between task apps, it's really an opportunity to audit your tasks. And even though it's a pain in the neck to spend an afternoon, you know, re-entering things, you'll find that there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of junk in your task system. Um, that's one of the reasons why I like the OmniFocus review process because I I eliminate the junk that way. But uh, moving between them is also an excellent way to make sure that uh, you know you're not carrying a bunch of old uh, project garbage along with you. And and it's a good way to learn the new system too at the same time. So I, I don't think that's really a deal killer, but it goes the same the other direction uh, if you decide that Reminders isn't for you and you want to go to something else in the future you're going to have to, once again, probably rebuild the database. Yeah. You're going to want to put a podcast on and just do a bunch of copying and pasting. Yeah, or or typing. I mean, I, like, I really feel like kind of manually creating these things. Mm-hmm. It, it just helps you because uh, the one of the biggest problems with task managers, especially computer-based ones, is that they can hold an unlimited number of tasks and we're humans and we're going to die at some point. We're not going to do an unlimited number of things. So, you know, getting the cruft out of there actually is really good. So, you know, why not? This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by StoryWorth. Go to storyworth.com slash MPU and give a meaningful gift to Treasure Forever. You get $10 off with your first purchase. That URL one more time, storyworth.com slash MPU. Get started right away with no shipping required. If you're spending time with loved ones for the holidays, chances are you're going to hear a lot of stories. The ones you love to hear, maybe the ones you've heard one too many times, or maybe a few that you've never heard before. But have you ever wondered what it would be like to document those timeless stories? It can be challenging to write an entire book of life memories, but StoryWorth makes it fun and easy. This is how anyone can write a book about their life. Every week, StoryWorth will email your loved ones a single life-related question that you pick from their collection, like, what's the bravest thing you've ever done in your life? Or... What's the farthest you've ever traveled? All they have to do is reply with a story. Then, after a year, StoryWorth compiles all your loved ones' stories, memories, and even photos in a keepsake book. Millions of stories have already been told with StoryWorth because they make the process so simple. Get started with your loved ones for the holidays, and before you know it, you'll both be able to reflect on those timeless stories for generations to come. Man, I wish there was something like this when my mom was alive, and I wish I had given it to her. 
There is, however, someone in my mom's generation still alive in the family, and I am gifting this to her this year. Every time I see her, she tells me crazy stories about my mom. I love to hear those. And also just the way they grew up together uh, during the Depression in Massachusetts. So I think I'd be really fun to give her a year of this and see what she comes up with. Knowing this person, I also think she's going to really appreciate it. I think she likes to tell the stories and the fact that we value them and we want to put them in a book. I think that's going to really mean a lot to her. So I can't wait to see what this gift produces. So help your family share their story this holiday with a StoryWorth gift. Go to StoryWorth.com slash MPU and save $10 on your first purchase. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash MPU to save $10 on your first purchase. StoryWorth.com slash MPU. And our thanks to StoryWorth for their support of the Mac Power users and all of Relay FM. So let's get back to notes. We've covered the basics of both of these applications, but now I want to get into some of the more power usery things uh, within notes. And I think one of the, the biggest things with notes is just how much you can do with keyboard shortcuts. Yeah. I mean, if you learn the keyboard shortcuts, you can you can fly in this, especially with the formatting. Um, it's just so much easier to apply formatting with your your fingers than the mouse in Apple Notes. So I uh, I got those very quickly. It's Command Shift plus something like, and they all make sense. Like title is T, body is B, you know mm-hmm. all that stuff. So as you go through, you can format them as you create them. It's not as fast as Markdown, but it's pretty close, and it does give you that really pretty formatting. If you're gonna if you're going to go in with Apple Notes, learn the keyboard shortcuts. Yeah, I've got some set up. I don't think they were there initially. They may be there now, but we talked about it forever ago, how to set custom keyboard shortcuts and system settings slash yeah. system preferences. And so I had a couple for like dashed list, bulleted list, those sorts of things. And I've got it now where I can absolutely just fly when it comes to formatting notes. Historically, they had different shortcuts on iPad and Mac, which used to drive me crazy. Like the shortcut for a title was different on the iPad if you had an iPad keyboard connected, but they fixed that. So if that's something that chased you away, you're in good shape. We talked uh, in the previous segment about some of the attachment types you can do, uh, but you can mix and match these. So you can have a block of text and then a photo and some more text and a checklist and a PDF. And it's not a block-based editor like Craft, which in some ways Craft makes it a little bit nicer because everything is kind of its own chunk and you can rearrange them. Where Notes is more like a traditional document model where you can just have different things kind of in the document directly. We talked about uh, the scanner on iOS, uh, but a big thing I, I know a lot of people use Notes for if you're a big pencil user is sketching. You have within Notes Apple's own pencil tool. So you have different, uh, you've got like the pencil and the brush and the eraser and your color choices and all of that right within the notes interface. You're not going out somewhere and creating it and bringing it in, although you certainly can if you have a third-party app you prefer more. But it's just built right into notes. And I remember when they released the first iPad Pro, it was the same year Notes got a refresh. I don't think that was an accident because one of the first things they showed off with the you know the then brand new Apple Pencil was, and in Notes you can do these sketches. Right? It's Apple views. I think the Pencil and the Note and the Notes app is very close siblings. Yeah, agreed. And I just feel like Apple treats Notes as like 
the testing ground or playground of app interactivity. Like the idea that they built that interface for capturing uh, pencil notes, but they immediately installed into Apple Notes makes sense. And then just the whole way you can drag and drop links into notes. Like if you've got an iPad and you've got an email on one side of the screen and an Apple Note on the other side, you can just drag the email over and it creates a, a very clean link to that email. And uh, I guess this is a, a part for me that's kind of a rant. It's like they have the interface now to create a link to an email in Apple Mail. And if you want proof of that, drag an email over to Apple Mail or for that matter, reminders. And the link is there. It looks pretty. You know, it's like it's not like a bunch of letters and numbers. It's it's a clean looking link. You tap on it. It's got the little mail icon badge mm-hmm. neck, uh, built right into it. But they don't have a way in Apple Mail to say, give me this link if I want to use that link somewhere else. You know, uh, you have to use the Apple stuff to get that to appear or you have to use the Apple stuff as a like a like an intermediary to get that link. Then once you have it there, then you can put it somewhere else. It's it's really annoying to me that the code is there, particularly on iPad, to get those links without actually being able to do it directly and yeah. just save the link. And um like if you are using something like Craft or OmniFocus or any of the other great third party apps in the world, you know, why can't we get that same, you know, linking without going through, you know, so many extra steps? Yeah, I think there's there's room for lots of improvements around all these apps talking to each other better. But let's talk about something nice. Let's talk about something nice. Let's uh let's talk about tagging. I'm not a tagger. We've talked about this on the show a bunch, yeah. but um this has kind of become a blessed thing within notes. I think for a long time there was not a tags interface, but people were just kind of doing it and using the search, <laughs> which it worked. Uh, yeah. But now if you have any tags present in your note, which is, you know, the, the pound sign, then a word, uh, they get sort of grayed out a little bit, slightly different text color, and they yeah. show up in the sidebar below all of, it, all of your notebooks, all of your folders, and you can click on a tag and it will pull up all the notes that have that tag in it, which is pretty nice. So this can be across your folders. Say that you have a, you know, you have a, a, a tag that is relevant beyond kind of an additional layer of organization. You can do that here. A tag names autofill, which is, or autocomplete, which is fantastic. So you don't end up, the worst thing about tagging this to me is like, you have one word and there's like some of your tags are singular and some are plural, but you meant them to all be the same thing. Apple notes can help you with that. Yeah. Um, and you can delete a tag from the sidebar and it's removed from all the notes that it's on. So someone who's not a tagger, uh, this seems like a pretty complete solution to me. Yeah. I mean, just like I was talking earlier about how the pen feature is common to this new generation of apps, Apple apps tagging now seems to be, they have this feature also in reminders. And they use the same syntax. You know, it's just a pound sign with the the, the tag behind it. And it, like you said, autofills. But it also gives you the basis uh, to go a step further. In notes, they call it smart folders. And reminders, they call it smart lists. But you can create uh, custom auto-populating lists uh, based on these tags, you know. And a lot more, frankly. But the tags, I think, are the real key here. So if you want, uh, let's say that, I don't know, you're doing... A bunch of stuff related to your house 
but that they're in multiple folders. Well, if you put the house tag on them, then you can create a smart folder that just has everything that has mm-hmm. a, a hashtag house in it, you know, it has the tag for it. Um, but you can also get more clever with those smart folders. You can filter them on creation or edit date, or uh, you can say just ones that are tagged with house, but also contain a checklist, which is a, a text formatting. Yeah. Uh, it does. It's, it's actually quite powerful. These smart lists or smart folders um, that allow you to co- make a collection of notes together uh, from various locations in your notes database. Yeah, it's great. I mean, there's like a 10 or 11 criteria you can use and you have the, you know, sort of standard controls of I want to meet all of these criteria or any of these criteria. Uh, we can talk towards the end about some things we'd like to see here, but all in all, yeah. I think the smart folder stuff and notes is really pretty good. And I think it would meet the, yeah. the needs of anyone who uh, is using notes otherwise. Agreed. Another important feature that is becoming common to this generation of apps is collaboration. Yeah. And um, they have really moved the ball on this. I mean, when it started out, you could share individual notes. A few years ago, they added the ability to share folders, which to me is hugely beneficial. Like Daisy and I have a standing uh, folder in Apple Notes that's just a shared folder. Anything I want to share with her, I just put in there. And yep. it we does do the same have thing. things. Like, yeah, I mean, we uh, we just recently had realized that, you know, um, one of the credit cards got left somewhere, and so we had to replace it. So I made a note of everywhere that that, that credit card is, you know, on as our, you know, you know, a recurring billing card and things like that. So I made a note for that and put it into that shared folder. So, you know, if we have to do this ever again, we've got it. And she has been adding to it as I have, as we've been discovering, you know, where we've got to re-register the card. Um, uh, Christmas lists is another one that's in there. And just like, you know, it's kind of a, an evolving list of little notes that we share with each other, but you know, we both know to go there if we have information needs to be shared. Uh, but you could do this more like, um, like you and I do our outlines in Google Docs, but you know, Apple Notes is getting to a point with collaboration where we could probably pull it off with Apple Notes. But if we were to do that, to share each individual outline would be crazy, mm-hmm. you know. But if we could have a shared folder, that would be fine, you yes. know. And just anything we put in there is automatically shared. So you could use this stuff for work. Um, I mean, you know, on the subject of Google Docs. Is this Google Docs? No, it's not. You know, it's not where you can simultaneously type and move stuff around at the same time and watch the other person's cursor. But is it usable? Absolutely. I mean, um, for the stuff we do with the show, like I'll be, you and I are moving things around in the outline as we are talking into the microphone. So me seeing you do that uh, helps me see where we're going and kind of like traffic control for the flow of the show. Uh, It's not going to do that stuff, but it's fine. I mean, for the stuff I collaborate with my wife, I don't need to see when she's highlighting a word or something. It Mm -hmm. just doesn't, it's not necessary. And it's been here for years. It works uh, rock solid. And, um, and there's more to it than just sharing the note. We also can share uh, edits and like, I can see what has changed. Um, I talked earlier in the show about um, some of the stuff I'm doing as we've been working towards this show, like I have a newsletter I've written for Max Markey that I've shared with two different people and I can see the changes they're making to it. And, and it's working. Okay. You know, I mean, it's, it's not 
I don't know if it's the way I'm going to do this going in the future. I mean, historically, I've been doing this stuff in craft, which has some additional features, but it, it's usable. I mean, especially if you don't do this stuff often. Yeah, for, for simple things, it works fantastically. Mary and I have a folder, and I was looking in there as you were talking. We got almost 60 notes in there, all sorts of stuff, all sorts of attachments. And these notes that have collaboration enabled, they have all the same features as regular notes do, you know. When they announced collaboration, I was a little afraid of like, oh, is this going to be kind of slimmed down? But they've done a good job at keeping feature parity between private notes and notes that other people can edit. What about shortcut support? I don't, I don't do a whole lot with uh, with shortcuts uh, and Apple Notes. For a while, I had a thing where I could take, like, I could share a link and it would append it to a note. Uh, but then I sort of changed the way that I do show prep just for myself before in a Google doc. So are you, have you explored this recently under Ventura and iOS 16? Yeah. in Ventura in particular, Apple notes really got great treatment and almost anything that you can do with your finger on an iPad or with your mouse on a Mac can now be automated via shortcuts. You know, we got this new shortcuts automation system where uh, developers can donate much easier commands. So it gives you like all sorts of powers and Apple notes is a beneficiary of that. The Apple notes team went whole hog on this and it gives you a lot of power for automation. So uh, the shortcut story is actually remarkably good for Apple notes. I know one thing that, um, that we're going to talk about and we've talked about a little bit already is just the ability to like link to an individual note. And that's something you can do with shortcuts, but you run into some, some weirdness there. So again, it's an area that I would like Apple to keep, to keep pushing. And I think there's been a, a concern for a while about, okay, well these apps get new features, but then those features aren't exposed in shortcuts for a year or two. And I think that, both notes and reminders, those teams should they should take shortcuts integration really seriously because it it extends the usefulness of their applications if you can uh, if you can use them from anywhere. And I'd say that the notes team does and the reminders team did not. Yep. I mean, <laughs> Agreed. You know, and that's just kind of what happened. And it might be they were too busy with other features or I don't know, internally at Apple if if it's even the shortcuts team or the reminders team that that creates those things. But it's it's not there. And uh, let's talk, we've been talking next level notes. Let's talk next level reminders for a few minutes. Um, you know, uh, some of the stuff is repetitive. Uh, tags and smart lists uh, work just like they do with notes. I mean, you get, a, you get a hash designator. They're recognized specifically by the application. And I think with reminders lists, tags can be even more useful than they can be with notes lists because you often have reminders that want to straddle two or three different projects or two or three different areas of focus and having multiple tags is great. You know, just the same reason that they're great in OmniFocus or any other task manager, you know, say, give me my low energy tasks. Well, Mm -hmm. that's not uh, identified to a specific project, but it, it goes across all projects and all of that stuff can be set up very easily and filtered into what they call smart lists and reminders. Uh, and it's the same thing where they use, uh, multiple criteria, not just tags, but the date priority. Um, you had put a note in the outline that I also bumped into that the, there are limitations with these smart lists in the sense of uh, multiple criteria. Like I think at one point I wanted to say that it's located in this folder or that folder, mm-hmm. you know, 
and it will only allow me to pick one location. Yep. So if it's located in this folder, but what if I have another folder I want to look in? Well, it's not going to do that. And it feels to me like, you know, they got pretty far along the path with these smart um, criteria, but there are like edge cases that it doesn't address where more powerful apps will address that. Mm-hmm. Like if you look in the, um, you know, the um, perspective settings and OmniFocus, it gives you more power than this is. Right. But still, this is pretty great. And it's free and it's already on your device. So yeah. <laughs> you, you can't really just dismiss it. It's there. There's a lot to it. Yeah. Yeah. I have some frustration around the parity between smart list and reminders and smart folders and notes. I would like them to act more similarly. Like you don't run into yeah. some of those things in notes. Uh, also, when you go to create a smart list in Notes, you have to create a regular list and then tell it, "Oh, this is actually going to be a smart list." And in Notes, it's a it's under one of the menus of like create smart folder. I would just I would like these apps. Look, they're very different. They have very different features. But where the features line up, I would like to see them be a bit more uniform. You pointed out a key example. If you're in Notes and you create a smart folder you can say, I want it to look at notes in these various folders. And you can just add a bunch to your query. And in Reminders, you can't because you can only use a criteria one time, but they don't have the UI that Notes does to select multiple lists. And I get they're separate teams or separate projects, but a lot of people are using these things together. And I think the consistency could be could be much better. Yeah, and I think it's a work in progress. I don't think it's done. And the development of these apps have shown improvement over time. It's not like the, you know, sometimes you get an Apple thing where they put a bunch of effort into it to one year and then they never, never come back to it. It's like, I feel like this stuff is on the way. There's a similar story to be told around collaboration with reminders. You can collaborate. You can share a list with another person and you can, either person can check things off and work on the list, but it doesn't have like the types of power features that you get with notes and um, Notes has been doing it longer. I suspect that in a couple of years, collaboration is going to be even easier on reminders and more powerful. So, you know, th- these things are kind of in motion right now. And what I like is the motion is generally good. Every year it gets a little better. You know, I mean, that's why I'm saying five to seven in terms of complexity, because it depends on what piece of it you're looking at. But that might be six to eight in a couple of years because they just keep improving the stuff. A, a good example of a, a power feature they brought in this year for the first time is templates. I mean, templates and reminders make so much sense, right? You, A lot of us do projects that are repetitive. I mean, I make a podcast with Steven every week. The checklist for that is the same. Well, why not have the ability to template that out where I can push one button mm-hmm. and recreate the project every time it comes out? And you don't have to just be a nerdy podcaster. You could be an accountant and need the same feature. And it's there now. And yeah. you just you just create a list and save it as template. There's, there's really not a whole lot to it. And uh, then when you go to add a list, it gives you a list of your templates. You, you tap the one you want, and you're off to the races. It's really pretty sweet. I mean, you could even have that for traveling right like okay my packing list is a template and i just add it whenever i need it and it's it's a fantastic addition and one that i would not honestly would not have expected from reminders because it is a more sort of power usery thing but i'm glad it's there yeah yeah Um, there are limitations on it um like uh, nesting tasks i found to be very unreliable 
but that that's just in general is a problem. Like I wrote a shortcut for it to kind of get around it, but that doesn't work all the time. It's just like all of this stuff is a little tenuous because this is the first year that it's live. Mm-hmm. But like with shortcuts, another thing that's there's just like weird little things that happen. Um, I, I tried to create some templates without the template feature, but just using a shortcut to populate a list, but it builds them from the bottom up instead of the top down, <laughs> you know? So if I say, you know, if I have a shortcut that says step one, and then the next shortcut is say, you know, create reminder step two. And then the third one is create a uh, reminder step three. They would, the list would actually populate to be three, two, one instead mm-hmm. of one, two, three. And it, 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 I hope that makes sense. But I mean, it just seems like some obvious misses with that stuff, like how a normal person would use it. Um, and, uh, you know, it's early. One thing that is unique to reminders, in, at least in contrast to notes, is that other applications can basically become a front end for your reminders database. I think the predominant example of this is an app called good task which uses your reminders database and your reminders list so if you set something up in good task and you go over to reminders uh it's in both places but it gives you different ui and a lot a lot of more a lot more tools to manage your tasks i think my favorite feature of good task is the ability to basically you create sort of like macros and so you can have a bunch of tasks selected. They call them quick actions. And you can say, okay, I want to take all of these tasks and move them to next Monday. Or I want to uh, add this tag to all of these. And then I want to uh, clear the dates. You know, you can build these workflows within good task. Um, I've used it on and off over the years. Reminders has gotten to a point where I don't feel like I need good task on top of it. But if you like the idea of of using something that is baked into the OS, but you find either the UI or some of the the tools built on top of it a little bit lacking, then Good Task may solve that problem for you. Yeah, yeah, I, I do think it's worth checking those out if you decide to go down, you know, that rabbit hole because uh, just like calendar data, uh, reminder data can be shared, and that gives third party developers a chance to try and improve yep. upon. Historically, that's been necessary because Apple seemed to have no interest in adding like power features to it. I mean, let's go back to our our home assistant show or our home automation show. You know, Apple's home app doesn't expose data that third party apps does. And um, uh, but I feel like that is a little bit going away here with notes and reminders. Apple is aggressively pursuing these these features. Mm-hmm. And the need for a third-party app isn't there anymore. Like, are you using good tasks in, no. in, in as a daily? Yeah. No. I mean, because reminders is pretty good. Yeah. And, and there are some things that you can do in reminders that have not been exposed. So something like good tasks can use. Um, if I had to bet long-term, I think good tasks probably is going to have to move off of this and and use something else, have its own backend, basically. Because I could yeah. see a future where the reminders... Uh, application, what it can do just doesn't get reflected in third-party apps. Yeah. Well, I, I, for one, was really impressed with reminders. I didn't expect to be, and I was sorely tempted to really try and make it work, but there are things that it doesn't have that I need. This episode of MPU is made possible by ZocDoc. 
ZocDoc makes it easy to find quality doctors in your network and in your neighborhood. Plus, with real verified patient reviews, you can find the right doctor for you. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. You can find every specialist under the sun. Whether you're looking to straighten those teeth, fix an achy back, get a mole checked out, anything else, ZocDoc has you covered. The mobile app is as easy to use as ordering a ride to a restaurant or getting delivery to your house. Search, find, and book doctors with just a few taps. You can find and review local doctors, read verified patient reviews from real people who made real appointments. Now when you walk into that doctor's office, you're all set. See someone in your network who gets you. So find the doctor that's right for you, book an appointment in person or remotely that works for your schedule. Every month, millions of people are using ZocDoc. It's their go-to whenever they need to find and book a quality doctor. When we changed uh, family physicians a couple of years ago, it was really important to me to find somebody who I knew before I ever walked in was going to be trustworthy. So I found a bunch of reviews, talked to friends who had seen this person. It makes a big difference knowing that who you're going to go see has been trusted by other people. And ZocDoc makes that really easy. So go to ZocDoc.com slash MPU. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C. ZocDoc.com slash MPU. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That URL one more time is ZocDoc.com slash MPU. All right, so uh, I teased this before the break, but let's talk about stuff that's missing in these apps that you and I would like to see. And since we just talked about reminders, let's start there. I would start with, uh, and this is like a common theme for me, is the lack of URL linking and unique identifiers. Yep. Um, this is a problem common to both notes and reminders. You should be able to identify and link to anything in these apps, and you can't. You know, like um, a good example, in OmniFocus, I may have a project. I can create a link to that specific project. And then I can embed it anywhere else on my Mac, click a button and be right there. Mm -hmm. There's just no way to do that in reminders. Uh, some of these apps have the ability to like link an individual task, which right. I don't think is really that useful. Um, you need to get to the list, you know, or would it, same thing with like the smart lists. Like if I created a smart list and I went to the effort to make it, wouldn't it be nice if I could be in notes or anywhere else on my Mac and just have a button I push that takes me straight to that smart list. Well, there, there really isn't. Mm -hmm. And this kind of gets back to a, an overall failing with Apple applications in the sense that I feel like too often they think that your lists are very small or you only have five or six of them. Yeah. You know, and it just becomes, well, you could just look at it and just click it if you wanted, but then what if you don't click that? What if you look at it and you click something else? Cause you can't help yourself. I mean, I want the ability to laser jump from one thing to the next. And uh, there is no affordance for this in these two applications. And it doesn't even seem like they want to. I mean, with the case in Apple notes is even just as pronounced because like, what if I want to say, I want to, every time I come across, you know, like I want to write a shortcut, I'm working on an update to a field guide. And every time I see something I want to add to the update, I can highlight it, run a shortcut. It opens that specific update note in Apple Notes and paste it to the bottom. Mm -hmm. Well, there's no way to do that because there's no unique identifier for the note. Um, I could like make the name so unique or I mean, I could like 
work my way around it. But you know, other applications have solved this problem with unique identifiers, and it is the superior answer. And it just doesn't seem like that's even on the radar. Yeah, and that's a that's a real killer for me. Like, that's one of the reasons why reminders, as much as I liked it, could never really solve the problem for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, even something like Toolbox Pro, which does have some reminder specific shortcuts. In fact, one I use their shortcut to create a task from the share sheet. So I've got two: one saved to inbox, the other one is put on my five twelve pixels list and make it due today as something I want to link to. And Apple's shortcut demands that you have a time associated with that. I don't want that. I just want due today with no time. Um, And Toolbox Pro has one to get a UUID for a unique reminder, but again, not the list. And I'd like to see all of that. I would like to see much more continuity between mail, notes, reminders, and calendars so I could tie these things together. I mean, I use your, uh, your get the mail URL through AppleScript thing. Yeah, a billion times a week. I feel like because I put emails in tasks and encounters all the time, and boy, I would like to be able to do that the other way around. And it's yeah. uh, it's a little, it's a bit frustrating they haven't done it, and that others do it so well. Right? And some of these apps do such a good job at this. Yeah, and what's even more frustrating is I feel like it's under there. Like they they it already exists. I mean, for their own internal system, you have to have a unique identifier because when you push a button. It's got to go to that place, right? But they just don't expose it, and it doesn't seem like they have any interest in doing that. Now, maybe that'll change, but um, that is a huge stumbling block to me with reminders in particular, but it's also an annoyance with notes. Um, so that that's something that I would love to see Apple mm-hmm. address. A couple other things I'd like to see uh, in reminders is faster task creation. So one of the strong points of Todoist was its natural language processing, where you could just type, call David next Tuesday at 3 p.m., you know, hashtag MPU, and it would put that as a task 3 p.m. next Tuesday in the MPU list. And yeah. there are a couple of third-party apps that basically do this. Uh, I got a link to a, a blog post I wrote over the summer as I was exploring this, one on the Mac, one on iOS and iPadOS. But I'd like to see Apple adopt some of that because it is – it is great that Reminders has all these features, but it's it can be very fiddly. And they they do have the deal where you like, you know, call David tomorrow at 3 p.m. And like tomorrow at 3 p.m. will become blue. And on, on the iPhone and iPad, it gets picked up in the quick type bar and you can tap it. So it does recognize some things, mostly just dates and times, which is probably the most important one. But having something where I could really like pick up my phone, enter something really quickly, put my phone back down without a third party app would be, would be nice. Yeah. I mean, most good reminders or task management apps have a, a quick entry solution of one sort or another. And Apple has it in calendar. Like they have, I mean, it's not great in calendar, but it's better than nothing. Yeah. And I, I guess the best solution would be to create a shortcut, you know, where you could auto populate some of that stuff. Like, yeah, but all this is getting fiddly and unreliable. I mean, it's it should just be built in. Uh, another like just showstopper for me is defer dates. Defer dates to me are so important to my task list. Uh, just as an example, um, there's a thing I do every year in early November, and just recently I did it. And with OmniFocus, the defer date jumps back a year. So I that disappeared off my list. Whereas there's another thing I do in early October, and I had that 
in my reminders list. And I've said it, so it repeats every year. But now every time I open reminders, I see it. Because in reminders, it's listed as a due date, not a defer date. So it's visible. So anything I do that is, you know, do at some point in the future, maybe it's three years from now, because as crazy as it sounds, sometimes I have tasks that have long, long, you know, waiting periods. Yeah. I still have to look at it every day. Mm -hmm. And like, because they don't have a defer date setting uh, or a defer date data set, there's no way to hide that stuff. And it's just in front of your face forever. And, you know, the task managers that give you stuff that's irrelevant to today are the kinds of task managers that you stop paying attention to. Seems, seems like a no brainer to me, but you know, I don't know if that's even again on the radar because there's no, nothing in the app currently that indicates they have any interest in doing that. Something else I would like to see is better feature parity when it comes to list support on Mac OS and iOS. I wrote a blog post about this. There's a feedback number in that blog post. So, you know, if you can do something about that, <laughs> look at that feedback number where on the, and it's such a small thing, but I'm a heavy list user. On the inspection yeah. pane on iOS and iPad OS, there's a list option. So you can change what list a task is in. And you can't on the Mac. On the Mac, you have to use drag and drop to move a list, move a task from one list to another. A small thing, and I think it has come up from the Reminders Mac app and the Reminders iOS and iPadOS app are separate apps. And uh, I don't, you know, they've developed differently over time. But I would like basically that metadata view on the iPhone in particular is really pretty good. You get nice switches. You can see everything. And... I can't believe I'm saying this because I hate the new system settings, but maybe this is an example where the mobile UI <laughs> would be the one to go with instead of what's on the yeah. Mac. And so yeah. I, I just, I want them to do a better job of this because notes on the other hand, I feel like if you learn notes on one platform, it's more or less the same everywhere. I mean, there's some differences on the phone because the screen's smaller, but things are basically where they are everywhere and that's not true with reminders. And I would just, I would like more consistency across my devices. Yeah. Uh, another complaint I have is nested groups. You can create groups now in reminders. So, like, I could have one called personal and one called Max Sparky, and then I could have the projects inside that, you know, within that group, or it's kind of a folder, really. But you can't nest them. I, so, I can't make one called Max Sparky and under that have one called podcasts, you know. So I get all of the Max Sparky projects pointing at me every time I look at that list. And Mm -hmm. I like the ability, once again, to segregate this stuff. The whole idea for me of this contextual computing thing I'm on is is hiding things from me that I don't need to see right now and allowing me to focus on what I'm actually working on. And, you know, getting nested groups of, of task lists, getting those URL direct links, all that stuff makes me more efficient. And the application... You know, I think that they don't want it to become too complex. And that's why, yeah. you know, maybe that they have no intention of doing that stuff because that's going to confuse more basic users. But that's the thing that keeps me out of using the app at the same time. So one thing I'd like to, I would like to have in reminders, especially on the Mac, is the ability to change the text size. I feel like the main list of tasks is a bit small. This this was a thing in notes, and at some point they added a default text slider in the notes preferences, which is not fantastic because it only changes the text size in the note itself and not the list of notes. But making this more accessible in terms of text size would be nice. 
Yes. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, it's, I guess we have to be realistic about, you know, what's the intention of these apps, but as mm-hmm. they add more power features, I think it's natural for us to say, well, this is what you need to make it better. And I don't want to understate, especially with reminders, how good it is with my complaints, you know, just because oh, yeah. I'm a power user and there are things I want that are not here and may never be here. Doesn't take away from the fact that for a lot of people, this is plenty. And I am jealous of some of the features you get with reminders that I can't get with my app, you know? Um, but you know, my app has the more power features that I need. And, and me making that attempt last month, of, of switching over reminded me that no, I actually really do need the power features, mm-hmm. but, but there's a lot to like about reminders. Yeah, absolutely. It has gotten so good and it really is kind of finally a worthy sibling to notes. I feel like notes, I mean, it, it got rebooted yeah. years before this, so they've had more time to work on it. And really my list of things I'd like to see in notes really reflects that. I mean, you and I are in staunch agreement about I need better URL linking and unique identifiers so I can get to notes from other places. Again, there's a way to do that on shortcuts, but like just go read this article that I'm putting in the in the the links this week. It's bananas to get it to work. Yeah. For, for me, I think like my my lowest hanging fruit for notes, something I said earlier, I would like to have basic tools inside of those tables so I could do things like sum or average or median just i don't need numbers embedded inside of apple notes but i would like to do basic things right so like if so one thing i was doing uh last year was i was tracking my uh, electric bill each month because we put new windows in the house and so i wanted to see really over the course of or actually i think i ran it for two years like can I see an immediate effect from like putting these windows in, right? Not very scientific, but something I was doing. It's like, you know, I did it in Apple Notes and it was a, te- a text list and then I made it into a table, but it would have been nice to have been able to do some simple math on that. And I'd like to see them do that. Craft does it. And I think cra- the way Craft does it is pretty, pretty clever. It's not every spreadsheet function under the sun. I'm not making pivot tables in Apple Notes, but some basics would be nice. Well, you, the way you said pivot notes, it sounded like you were kind of angry. Pivot tables, sure you are, no, right? yeah, no, yeah. No one yeah. needs, no one needs to make those. All right. I think, I think, if I was mugged and they said, "Explain what a pivot table is," or "We're going to take your wallet," I wouldn't have a wallet. No one knows how they work. Actually, they're really not that hard. Oh come it's, on! But let's not go down that road, right? Now. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not that, really not that hard, and really not that necessary. It never has such a big deal made been made of a feature right you know <laughs> but it's in numbers um, now finally yeah all right so here's my like this is really a reach um but um you talked earlier that there's a revolution going on in note taking and a lot of it surrounds the idea of backlinks and being able to see you know where is this note being referenced in other notes mm-hmm. that's really what a backlink is ultimately um i like the idea of links i feel like apple could do a basic version of this it doesn't have to be as powerful as Obsidian, but um, I think even just a basic feature of this would make it nice for people. And a lot of people who have no interest in Obsidian would finally uh, be able to use backlinks and get the benefits. And uh, so I'd like to see them do that someday. But I feel like Apple Notes is getting to the point that that's that could be on the table. Yeah. Um, but but you know, getting back to our original kind of thesis here, that Apple at some point had a change in philosophy about 
these apps, that they're no longer going to be just a basic out-of-the-box app that does almost nothing, but it's going to have more features. What we don't know is what the end of that philosophy, where does that end? I mean, are they, do they want to make it as powerful of a, as Obsidian? No, I'm sure they don't. You know, they're never going to have community plugins and, you know, you know, encrypted shared vaults and things like that. But what I do think, what I do wonder is, do, you know, are there more features on the list for Apple notes, which has now been going through this process for a while, or are they just polishing what they have intentionally? You know, have they said, okay, that's enough. Like, did someone write URL linking and unique identifiers on the whiteboard and someone say, no, we're not going to do that in this. We're not going that far. We don't really know how far they're willing to go with this stuff. You know, it'll take some time to find out, you know, give them a few more years. If Apple Notes suddenly stops getting new features, well, you know that they've hit that wall. But uh, it is an interesting thing to think about, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and like you said, these are things we'd like to see because we want to see them continue to improve it. But these apps, like I think the overall story on the, of this episode is these apps have gotten really good. And someone who has a lot of need for apps like this can totally use them. I'm using both full time. And yeah. it's if you had told me that three or four years ago, I don't think I would have believed you. But the pace of innovation and features that Apple is is doing here on both fronts has been really encouraging. And I hope that they they do keep it up and they do add these things. And I hope that they look at what's going on in the third party world and, you know, seeing what makes sense to bring into their, their applications. But um, just because we have some things we want to see overall, I think you and I are both extremely happy with how far these have come. And if you haven't looked at them in a long time and you're using something, you know, a third party app and you're, you know, if you're happy with it, stick with what you're using. But if you are looking at, you know, maybe trying something new or recommend recommending you're changing what you recommend to people. I think for a lot of users out there, reminders and notes fits the bill. Yeah. And, you know, to continue the conversation that there was a philosophy change. Yeah. Could you make the argument that the philosophy change now also applies to Apple mail? I mean, we got several new features this year mm-hmm. and that's not everything we'd want, but it's like it feels like kind of the first steps we got with Apple Notes a few years ago and Apple Reminders a few years later. I mean, in a couple of years, will Apple Notes be on this path as well? I guess we'll find out. Sure will. All right. Uh, we are the Mac Power Users. You can find us over at relay.fm slash MPU. We want to thank our sponsors, 1Password, Squarespace, StoryWorth, and ZocDoc. Don't forget to check those links or get yourself a discount for a membership at Relay FM. Same thing for the uh, discounted field guides and Mike Sparky Labs memberships. We'll put that in the show notes. And on the uh, membership version of this show, which you can get, will get you ad-free versions of the show plus additional content every week. Steve and I are going to be talking about his weekend project, his charging station. So we're going to get into that next for the more Power Users members. Otherwise, we'll see you next week.